you to use your imagination just for a few moments. I have very few visitors these days. I suppose when you get to my age, most of your friends and most of your neighbours have, have died. My nephew Jonathan visits me. He seems to think that he has lived more in his 17 short years than I have in the whole of my 80-odd. He thinks that I have missed out. He thinks that uh, life took place outside the great temple. You see, I have spent most of my life working inside the great temple. I was always a shy, retiring sort of man, and my father didn't force me into any profession. My two brothers, both dead, alas, but they were strong and self-willed, and they always knew what they wanted to do. I followed my father, as he had followed his father before him, and his father before him, and so on. It's hard to explain to Jonathan. You know, he tries to shock me with the length of his hair and, and the, the extreme clothes which he wears. But it's hard to explain to a young man that work and life in the temple was not an imprisonment, wasn't a monastery. Great Herod had done many horrible things in his time, but he had given us a beautiful temple. The, the Roman procurators like Pilate and Gratus and others, and even Herod's sons, they did not care for our temple. But Herod had given us something beautiful. We didn't have to go out into the, the world. The world came into us. It was a wonder of the world and thousands of people came yearly to see and to look at the beautiful temple. And certainly the world came in one Passover. I don't often talk about it and I don't often think about it, but it changed my life, it changed my lifestyle, it changed my whole way of thinking. Passover had always been my favourite time until that particular year. Pilate was recalled to Rome in disgrace just recently and it just brought it all flooding back to me. He will never be back. It's hard to believe that it's nearly seven years since that Passover. That particular Passover, everyone was talking about the young rabbi from Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the carpenter, Jesus the healer, Jesus the teacher. Caiaphas the high priest seemed to be constantly in a bad temper. And on Sabbath, the, the parade of the Sanhedrin, well, they all had worried and strained looks on their faces. There's no doubt about it, the carpenter was a disturbance as far as they were concerned. And the time he overturned the tables of the money changers and chased the animals out of the temple with a whip and let the doves out of their cages, he was fearless. He did not seem to worry or care what the authorities thought of him. And his disciples and his apostles were the same. 
I never heard him. I never saw him. But I heard about him. You see, those of us who worked in the inner court, well, we, we were discouraged from going to public meetings. We were not allowed to. But I had a friend who had recorded and listed a lot of the sayings of Jesus of Nazareth. And he, he said, as many others said, nobody ever spoke like this man. He could put deep uh, theological thoughts into such very, very simple language. Well, that particular Passover... I was working in that section of the temple where the great curtain is or was. It was a beautiful curtain which divided the holiest of holies from the rest of the temple. It was ornate, beautiful designs of red and crimson and blue with embroidered angels and seraphims and cherubims all over it. The work of a hundred women. My late wife, as a very young girl, had, had worked on that beautiful curtain. Stretched away up to the high ceiling. It was lit from above with natural sunlight. Throwing out the amazing colours and the, the beautiful work and design. It was thick, strong, made to last. It on a long pole with gold rings holding it up. My father had worked in that section of the temple before me. We were Levites. We could trace our ancestry back to Aaron, the brother of great Moses. Well, that particular day, I remember that I'm talking about. I, I, had wake, I had wakened up and I had a funny feeling of foreboding. Could not really understand what it was. You see, they had arrested the carpenter. And I knew something was going to happen. Well, I went to work in the usual section of the great temple. And I worked away. And at 12 o'clock, as I worked, I noticed that the curtain was not as bright. And it got darker and darker. And there was a feeling of eeriness and calm and quietness. I knew that they were crucifying the carpenter on the hill of the skull outside the city. But why that should have affected me down here in the temple, I, I just don't understand. And then it got so dark that I couldn't work and I just uh, sat down and just watched my beautiful curtain. seemed to glow sort of in the dark. That's the feeling I got, that it glowed in the darkness. And I just sat there in the dark and in the quiet until three o'clock in the afternoon. And 
and suddenly the earth began to move. I thought I heard a shout of a man's voice, and there was this earthquake. And suddenly the great curtain was ripped from top to bottom, as if an angry pair of hands had gripped it and ripped it in pieces from the top right down to the bottom. I was terrified. I was scared. I, I, I was shaking. And then there was a calm and everything was back to normal except that one could see right into the holy place where no man previously could see where no man could enter except the high priest once a year at Yom Kippur. They told me afterwards that there was no damage to the walls or to the curtain rail at all. They also told me that Jesus Christ on the cross at three o'clock in the afternoon had shouted with a loud voice it is finished and he had bowed his head 